sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. It's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM, channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of the next hour, we're going to talk Major League Baseball, MLB betting with a former scout and a current handicapper, Brandon Seifkin at JP Baseball TV on Twitter. He's making his debut uh, on the Cover It program this week, and I'm looking forward to picking his brain. He's a former Major League Baseball scout who has moved on to the handicapping world. And I'm going to pick his brains about scouting. I'm going to pick his brains about what he looks for when he watches the game as opposed to the rest of us. And, of course, we'll talk a little Major League Baseball. What teams do you want to bet on? What teams do you want to bet against? What teams do you want to bet over? What teams do you want to bet under? We will have a detailed MLB discussion with Brandon Seifkin. But before we get into this baseball discussion, i got to open up the show talking a little NFL draft. I'm asked all the time, who's going to pick who? And who's who, who do they need? And what do they need? This is what I know about betting the NFL draft. Much easier to bet than it is to recommend to people what, what, what else to bet because the market moves extraordinarily quickly when it comes to the NFL draft. You're not going to hear me do an NFL draft show because by the time I do it, it's obsolete. Because the lines move that quickly. Faster the trigger matters. You know, I mean, just look at the line moves just in the last week. All right. And I'm just, I'm using one prominent global book right now. All right. Player draft position order. Let's see. B. John Robinson, he's plummeting. Last week was 18 and a half. Now we're looking at 16s. You know, <laughs> Joey Porter Jr., he's dropping. Last week is over under draft position was 17. Now it's 19 and a half. Peter Skaronsky. Last week was 12 and a half. This week he's down to 10 and a half. Quentin Johnson last week was 21 and a half. This week, 25 and a half. Tyree Wilson last week was 7 and a half. This week over under 5th and a half pick. So if he goes 5, you cash the unders. If he goes 6, you cash the overs, which is not as good as the line you found a week ago at this time. Will Levis, you know, he's at 6 now. He was 7 and a half last week. The Big 12, over under 4 and a half players drafted in the first round. Was three and a half last week. Now it's four and a half. Number one overall pick. Bryce Young was a dog two weeks ago. Last week he was minus 275. This week, minus 2,000 if you want Bryce Young. So you see exactly what I'm saying here. A dog to minus 275 to minus 2,000. That's where Bryce Young is at. You know, number two overall pick. Seen lots of Will Anderson money. Was to plus 350. Now he's down to plus 150. You know, uh, we're seeing Will Levis as the second quarterback taken. Plus 2,000. Now he's down to plus 300. Tyree Wilson, another guy who's moving up the boards. He was plus 2,000 to go number two last week. Now he's plus 350. And again, the numbers that I'm giving you right now, they'll be obsolete in 24 hours. <laughs> because the markets move quickly. Big time quickly. Number three overall pick, that's where Stroud's taking the money. He was plus 600 last week, now he's plus 200. You know, first defensive player taken. Tyree Wilson was plus 550 last week, now he's plus 225, although Will Anderson is still the big favorite 
in that ball uh, in that ball game. No, in that draft position. You think of it as ball game, but it's not. It's draft position. The first tight end selector. We've seen a switch of favorites in this, and uh, most of the guys I know that were betting the NFL draft seriously, this is one that jumped out to them. You know, uh, Michael Meyer versus Dalton Kincaid. Meyer was plus 250 last week to be the first tight end collect, selected. Plus 250 to minus 170 this week. <laughs> so uh, the betters thought that the markets were wrong uh, on that one. First offensive lineman selected. Paris Johnson's the favorite. Darnell Wright moving up quickly. He was plus 1,600 last week. He's plus 650 now. So when we talk about all of these, how the markets are moving big time on the NFL draft. The answer is, if you see it, you bet it. You know, you cannot wait and say, oh, I'm going to get a better number. <laughs> the NFL draft marketplace, to be perfectly honest, it's a loss leader for many books. The sports book directors I know here in Las Vegas to say they hate booking the NFL draft isn't a strong enough statement. They despise booking the NFL draft because they can't beat it. <laughs> you know, when the info comes out, the betters have it. The betters pound the weak numbers, and the books take a loss. It, it's, it's, it's like uh, legitimately a loss leader for many books. And there are books in town that aren't even putting out lines for the NFL draft because they've been beaten so badly in recent seasons. I can't think of a year in, re in any recent season where the books have won on these draft props. So you say, all right, well, this is a great opportunity. <laughs> you know, the books don't win. They're putting them up as loss leaders. The markets react quicker than the books can react. All that's true. And yet, when it comes to actually getting your bets down, I'm telling you, it's no easy task. Even though the books lose year in, year out with this prop. The bottom line is, wise guys are wise guys for a reason. All right, The pro bettors do not fool around with NFL draft because they know how many big plus prices they can grab. They know that these lines are weak. So it's attacked pretty hard by the wise guys every single day. And if you want to be betting into a market where the wise guys are attacking it every day, it works in some sports where the marketplace is deeper. In the NFL draft, whew, not easy to do. Best of luck if you're betting it. I tend to sit this one on the sidelines. Brandon Seifkin joining us next. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We talked a little NFL draft at the Open. But this is not going to be an NFL draft show, not by any stretch of the imagination. We're talking Major League Baseball, how to bet it, how to beat it, how to make money with it right now here in April. And I'm excited to bring in first-time guest on Cover It With Teddy Covers, Brandon Seifkin is going to join us today all the way from Japan. Brandon, welcome to the program. How are you doing, my friend? Thanks for having me, Teddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, all the way from Japan, pretty far away. Yeah, yeah, in theory it is, but being that it's 2023 and we can talk to anyone anywhere, we appreciate you uh, making time out of your busy day. I have no idea what time of day it is while you're recording right now, but I'm pretty sure it's not business hours, so I appreciate <laughs> it. 
Let me start with this, and I do this with every first-time guest. I call it the superhero origin story. Who is Brandon Seifkin, and why should anyone care about what you have to say about betting baseball? Give me your superhero origin story. Why are you someone who is a legitimate authority on betting MLB? Well, uh, currently I'm a, a handicapper, sports handicapper at Wager Talk, and I was the number one all-profit capper in 2021 and 2022, so that's kind of a superhero story. Uh, before that, uh, I did scout uh, for a Major League Baseball team for 10 years. Uh, I scouted Japanese baseball for them. Uh, and uh, before that, you know, I mean, being a scout, you, you learn a lot of numbers, you learn a lot of probabilities and mathematics, and uh, I use those uh, formulas to uh, be a successful capper now. So uh, at wagertalk.com, I'm uh, mostly doing that, and it's going pretty well. This is my third year at Wagertalk, and uh, numbers are good. Numbers are good. So uh, I don't know if it's a superhero story, but uh, that is kind of the secret to my success. Well, I got to ask you this: How do you become a scout? Because to me, this like I never knew anyone that became a scout. You know, I knew guys that yeah. liked baseball, that played baseball. But how do you get that? All right, I like baseball, I play baseball. Now I'm actually working for yeah. Major League Baseball. So how, how did that happen? Yeah, a lot of people think that uh, scouting is a, a glamorous job, and it's actually quite the opposite. You're you're, you're kind of treated like a, a single A minor league team. You know, you take buses, you take uh, cars with no air conditioning, traveling in the summer, sweating uh, with your notebooks and stuff. It's a very unglamorous job, and the pay is not very good. But uh, the way I became a scout was uh, I was in Japan, and I had I had a, a friend of a friend uh, who knew someone in a major league organization and said that they were uh, scouting baseball. This was the time where Ichiro was uh, doing really well for the Mariners, uh, Matsui was doing well for the Yankees, and but but you know nobody really knew anything about Japanese baseball. Nobody was had boots on the ground here in Japan, so a few of the major league teams were looking to get someone over here, uh, and uh, I got connected with someone there, uh, and uh, they just reached out to me and said, "Hey, you know, we need someone to 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 look over the games, to keep stats, to scout some of these players for us. Are you interested?" They came out. I met them uh, over a coffee, and uh, I was hired right there. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of how it happened. Uh, the original contact was a friend of a friend, but you know, this was uh, early, late '90s, early 2000s, and, and no one really was scouting the Japanese baseball at the time, and nobody really had anyone on uh, boots on the ground here in Japan. So uh, I guess just being here was my uh, was my ace in the hole, my lucky card to. Uh, to get my foot in the door, um, but like I said, well, it's not a glamorous job. It's uh, it's it's a grind. Uh, capping is much much more fun than being a scout. Let's put it that way. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, but that being said, so when you're at the, you're having coffee with this guy, you're like, hey, I want to scout. Mm-hmm. Like, what can you possibly have on your resume that says, yeah, I can I can judge baseball players? I mean, like, how do they pick you to do that? And 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 what do you see that the average better doesn't see when it comes to uh, you know uh, 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 watching an, an MLB game? Yeah, well, frankly, at that point, I had nothing on my resume that, that qualified me as a scout. So, uh, like I said, I did that job for ten years, but the first year, 
uh, I was pretty much compiling stats, not really scouting people. They weren't really trusting my scouting opinion at that point. Uh, I was mostly accumulating stats, making videos, uh, and things like that. And occasionally they would ask me, hey, what do you think of this guy? Hey, what do you think of this guy? So I would go out to the high school and check them. Interesting story. Let me get sidetracked for a minute. But uh, sure. uh, at that time... Uh, uh, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Shohei Otani, um, sure. and I'm sure you've heard of Yusei Kikuchi. Well, those two guys actually went to the same high school, and at that time, this was, I think, 2005, uh, 2004, 2005, uh, I actually went to their high school, and at that time I was watching uh, Yusei Kikuchi's pitch, and there was a lot of interest in him for major league teams, but uh, Otani was kind of uh, just sitting around he wasn't really pitching he was he was he was kikuchi's backup and, and no one was even paying attention to him so that's kind of an interesting story uh but yeah my first year they pretty much just asked me to compile stuff I, I was kind of uh, doing the grunt work for the scouts compiling stats uh and checking out some players occasionally they would ask me for a report uh and so i i, I gave them a few reports and they're like oh my god this is amazing uh, so I got promoted pretty quickly and started uh, scouting and saved them some trips out to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to get a gig. You say, save someone else from having to travel 10,000 miles each way. Exactly. Uh, makes a ton of sense. Uh, and it makes a ton of sense how you get hired for that kind of job, even without, in theory, uh, scouting experience. Because you're expected to be, all right, we're going to put you on stats, we're going to put you on stats, and then, oh, by the way, what do you see? What do you see? It's a perfect way to get yourself a foot in the door. Can I ask you what teams you've worked for? I know that some teams have non-disclosure agreements. Is that one of those deals that you can talk about or not so much? Yeah, so um, when they hire scouts, uh, usually the heads of the scouting departments, they're actual employees of the team. And the other scouts who do grunt work and stuff like I did, uh, they're considered contractors who are not actual employees of the team. So they tell you not to associate yourself with the team, and you can't say, oh, I work for so-and-so team. Uh, so that was in my contract. So, you know, I don't know. Time has passed, and I could probably say, but uh, I pr I prefer not to. But, you know, if you look at my profile on wagertalk.com, you could probably figure out which team I was. So... <laughs> I'll the home, that. hometown squad. So let me ask you this, um, and I, I think you kind of answered the why you left scouting. It doesn't pay anything, and, and the conditions are bad. Yeah. So uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's not uh, it's not an optimal long term gig. But yeah. I do want to ask you this: What does an ex scout see that the average better doesn't? We have about ninety seconds for the break. If you need more time, don't sweat it. But uh, give me what you got. Tell me what you. What, what's in your line of vision that might not be in my line of vision, being that I've never done it? Sure. As opposed to the average viewer, when you're a scout, you have to really dig deep into, into, into what you're looking at, and you have to project this person. So as, as handicappers, you know, let's face it, our, our job is to predict the future. We're predicting how this team's going to perform against this team. As a scout, you're predicting the future as well. 
So you're predicting how is this player going to play at the next level? How is this player going to play against uh, Mike Trout? So, so um, it's 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 really just looking into the future and seeing it. So it's 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 a lot like handicapping, actually. You 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 can't just say, oh, he's got a 3.1 ERA in high school, so he'll probably have a 4.1 ERA in the pros. It's not that simple. You have to say, okay, how far has this guy come in his uh, maturation? Uh, how far? How much bigger is he going to get? Uh, you know, a lot of these guys change. You know, Otani when he was in high school, he was like a scrawny little dude. You know, he looked like he had a body like Darvish. Uh, but now, over in Major League, he's put on some bulk. Uh, and he's become a complete player. So, so we'll uh, come yeah. back with Brandon Seifkin after the break. I want to know what he sees as a scout to bet MLB. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159. We're talking with at JP Baseball TV on Twitter, Brandon Seifkin, former MLB scout and current MLB handicapper. And Brandon, before the break, we're talking about some of the things that an ex-scout can see that the average better might not be able to see. And you talked about the similarities between scouting and handicapping, being that you're both trying to project into the future what carries, what doesn't. I kind of cut you off before the break. What else did you have to say about scouting and what you can see watching a game that maybe the average better can't? Sure. So maybe opposed to popular opinion, uh, scouts are pretty individual. They, they have their own ways of doing things. Like when I was doing it back then, there are some data... Uh, reliant scouts, and then there are just some feel-it scouts. But capping is kind of similar, right? We have cappers who are situational cappers, cappers who are uh, just feel-it cappers, and then we have cappers who, you know, are very mathematical, do their numbers. So scouting is a lot like capping. Um, So there are stats that you can use. Basically what we're doing is predicting the future. How is this you know, how is this team going to perform against this team? Who's going to win the game six hours from now? So we're predicting the future. Scouts are doing the same thing. They're scouting, especially at the high school level, you're projecting how much bulk is this guy going to put on? How much better is he going to get? How does he perform in this situation? So a lot of that is, is it does translate to my capping. I tend to be more of the data analytical type capper. So I make my own numbers. I compare those to the lines. Um, back when I was doing scouting, uh, the data aspect of it was kind of a new thing. Uh, and, you know, numbers like FIP and XFIP and WOBA and these kind of things that are used to project how a player is going to play were, were really new back then. But now they're pretty, they're, they're pretty uh, accepted uh, overall as, as, as uh, valuable data. So that helps me become a capper. Uh, and I still actually use, if you go to my Twitter, you can see sometimes I'll put 
my my uh, spreadsheets up, you know, screenshots of my spreadsheets, and show people behind the curtain look at how I do my data. And it's the exact same sheets I was using back when I was a scout. Uh, little, they work a little better now, and I've uh, per- perfected them a little more uh, since those days. Uh, but yeah, like I said, being a scout and being a capper, it's very very much uh, the same thing. So. What are the biggest, because you do all, you do Korean baseball, you do Japanese baseball, you do Major League Baseball. And I'm not going to fixate on Korean and Japanese baseball today. We'll talk a little bit about it. We're going to really focus on MLB, especially in segment three. Um, we're going to talk about what teams we want to be betting on and betting against right now. Uh, but when you talk about the differences between betting Major League Baseball versus betting Japanese baseball or Korean baseball, what are the differences? Well, the first thing, the, the first major difference is the lines. So uh, I don't, I've, I've asked Art, I've asked, uh, I've asked some of our capper friends, or our uh, sports book friends who used to be bookies, I've asked them, where do they get these lines for Japanese and Korean baseball? And all of them say, I have no idea. So these lines are coming from somewhere. I have a feeling they're computer generated, uh, but the lines are very soft. And uh, they don't take into consideration a lot of factors uh, they're, they're definitely not as sharp as lines as Major League Baseball lines. So uh, you rarely see a minus 200 in Japanese and Korean baseball. Uh, prob- probably the most egregious line I've ever seen, or egregious, the worst price I've ever seen is maybe a minus 160. So the lines are very soft. You can take advantage of that. Uh, other differences in capping uh, the games, um, well, Korean and Japanese baseball are very different. Uh, a lot of people ask me what level is Korean, what level is Japanese. I would put Japanese baseball between AAA and Major League level. Uh, I would put Korean baseball around single A level. So Korean wow. baseball, you have a lot of errors. Uh, you have uh, terrible pitching and a lot of errors, so you get a lot of high scores. As a matter of fact, right now in the KBO, the average game score is about nine, whereas in Japanese baseball, the average game score is about six. So uh, those are some differences as well. Um, There are some rule differences as well in Korean and Japanese baseball as opposed to Major League Baseball. The number one rule is you can play to a tie. So right now, uh, they go to 12 innings and then call the game a tie. So you have to consider that when you're capping. Uh, a couple of other differences are kind of strategic differences. Uh, Asian teams tend to play small ball. They tend to, you know, I mean, these guys idolize Ichiro. <laughs> so, you know, everyone wants to be a slap hitter, uh, a high average hitter. Uh, there's a lot of bunting. Uh, and coaches coach like that. So you have to keep this in mind when you're, when you're capping Asian baseball. Uh, Major so League I want to ask you just players, real quick. Let me, sure. let me throw in one follow because the tie rule fascinates me. I didn't even realize that you had ties. Uh, yeah. If you, if you bet on a side and the game finishes in a tie, it's just all bets get refunded? No. Uh, if, you bet a, if you bet a run line and you have the minus, you lose. Uh, but yes. if you bet a run line and you have the plus, you win in the case of a tie. Sure, sure, but if you bet the side, if you're if you're not betting a run line, if you're just playing yes. team A versus team, yes. and in a league where where the the highest line you're going to see is minus one sixty, are you playing a lot of run lines there? Wouldn't you just play more sides and fewer run lines, I especially with play. the tie rule? Yeah, I never play a run line in Japanese baseball. When you have games that are averaging a uh, total of six, uh, run lines are extremely dangerous to play. Uh, in Korean baseball, yes, uh, because the average game scores nine plus 
So uh, Major League Baseball is actually becoming that way this season with all the rule changes. Uh, Major League Baseball is actually averaging close to nine runs a game as well. You, you, you rarely see any sevens in Major League Baseball anymore, whereas last season, you know, Kershaw versus, uh, you know, uh, a good pitcher, you, you'd see a six or a seven. This season I haven't seen a six yet. I, I've, I've seen one seven all season. Uh, so I would never play a run line in Japanese baseball. In Korean, I do. Uh, but, you know, if it's minus 150, why not take a money line, right? <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, rarely see, I rarely see a worse line than 150 in Japanese baseball. I remember back on opening day when the there wasn't a total lined at nine in MLB. Everything was eight and a half or lower. And I'm like, this isn't going to last long. <laughs> no. And it didn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, and right now you can I don't see any 10s in Major League Baseball yet but uh, in Korean Baseball you get 10s you get 9.5 but Major League Baseball is pretty much hovering around 8 between 8 and 9.5 almost every day (laughs) Japanese uh, uh, there's two 5.5 out uh, today so you'll see a 5.5 anywhere from 5.5 to 7.5 in Japanese rarely you see an 8 so, so, you know, you have to keep these, these differences in mind when you're capping the Asian games. Well, let me ask you this. How hard is it to get down on Japanese or Korean baseball? Do you face issues getting limited or barred from books? or and Do you work with a team or do you work solo when you bet this stuff? I've never worked with a team. Uh, regarding getting barred or limited, they do limit um, the, line, the, uh, the, the bets. Um, some of them limit especially the online books uh limits uh around 500 to 700 dollars i've seen limits uh but you know last year at the wager talk meet and greet we went to the Westgate uh and had no problem putting putting down a thousand dollar bets on japanese baseball at the Westgate. um i don't know other books if they offer japanese baseball uh i have asked my my uh family in my hometown in arizona in phoenix uh they say that you can bet asian baseball in casinos in arizona uh they only offer money lines and totals though so <laughs> so yeah there are some limits uh but i've never been barred uh and i i when i'm in the us i'll bet at Arizona casinos or at the Westgate, never had a problem. Online books, uh, yeah, they might limit you to $500 per bet. So, uh, but yeah, uh, it's not difficult to get down on on uh, Asian games. Uh, pretty much every book, DraftKings, you know, I'm not going to you know name all the books, but but the, the the majority of the popular books in the U.S. they all carry Asian baseball. So you'll have no problem finding finding the games anywhere. You might run into $500 limits online books. Sure, but uh, the, the bottom line is, so far so good. Uh, I, I just it feels like it's one of those sports that if you're killing it, you might have some problems <laughs> dealing with book <laughs> limitations. Just because, I mean, how much action do they take on Japanese and Korean baseball? Is it is it wise guy action? Is it uh, guys from Japan betting 20 bucks a pop? I mean, what action do they take on these? To be honest, I don't know who's betting it, but I do know uh, that I have no problem betting it at at the casinos I mentioned in person. Uh, in online, uh, there are you know uh, limits to how much you can bet, but I've never been uh, banned or anything like that, and I have a pretty good winning percentage. <laughs> so. Um, 
I don't know who's betting it, actually. I do know that gambling or on, uh, sports betting is illegal in Japan, so I'm pretty sure nobody, nobody in Japan is doing it legally. Um, and I'm not so sure about Korean and other Asian countries, uh, but I have a feeling most of the people betting it are in the U.S. or in North America. Um, but, yeah, um, so far I haven't been limited. I haven't been cut off by any of the books. Uh, but we'll see. This is, uh, this is kind of a new phenomenon for everyone. Sports betting is becoming legal in most states. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But so far, very few limitations. So real quick, 10-second answer or less, do you have one bet on or bet against team in either Japanese or Korean baseball for our uh, listeners? Bet on the SoftBank Hawks. I love them this season. What are they called? SoftBank Hawks. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say that name. More with Brandon Seifkin after the break. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's nothing like being informed with all the odds, analysis, and best bets all day long. How do you get that? It's real simple. Follow us on Twitter, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. You can follow today's guest, Brandon Seifkin, a.k.a. Tokyo Brandon, on Twitter at JPBaseball.com. TV again, JP Baseball TV on Twitter. And uh, before the break, Brandon, <laughs> we were laughing. Yep. Uh, because you talked, to, I said, "Give me a bet on or bet against team in Japanese or Korean baseball," and you gave me a name that sounded very vulgar. And then I looked it up. <laughs> the Fu, Fu, Fuoka S Hawks, or you call them the Soft Bank Hawks in Japanese, Correct. the NPB. You calling them a bet on team? If you're looking Absolutely. for someone to back again and again in the Japanese NPB this year, that's awesome. A bet on team yep. in Japanese yep. baseball. Brandon, uh, yep. did I miss something there? Go. You want to uh, no. add? No. Uh, in Japan, you know, uh, the teams, they're named after companies. So they have the place name, the company name, and then the, the mascot. So it's technically the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. So Fukuoka <laughs> is the city. SoftBank is the company. So, yeah, it's the SoftBank Hawks that I like. Uh, I love them this season. They made some great acquisitions. Uh, they have a bona fide closer that they acquired, and they have, uh, they've beefed up their lineup. So I really like them this season. As a matter of fact, before the season, I, I, I bet a future, a 4% future bet on them uh, to win it all at, I think, plus 300-something. So I think it's a great bet. If it's still available, go grab it because – I like the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks this season. SoftBank Hawks in Japanese baseball, but that's it. No more Japanese, no more Korean baseball. Let's talk MLB. Late April MLB in particular, right now. Give me an overvalued yeah. team. Who's gotten off to too hot of a start? Whose stats look too good through the first few weeks of the season? Give me an overvalued team or two that we can bet against moving forward. Well, um, 
couple of uh, overvalued teams. Uh, I don't know if, if their record reflects it or not, but I think the Dodgers are definitely an overrated team. Uh, they had a bad offseason. They lost some key players, and uh, everyone just relates Dodgers to greatness. Uh, they relate Dodgers to great lineup, but if you if you look at the peripherals and dig a little deeper, uh, they're not a good hitting team this year. They're not hitting well, uh, and their bullpen is just atrocious this year. Um, I think uh, I'm not sure if the record reflects it, but the the books are still have not caught up uh, to how bad the Dodgers are performing right now, and uh, their pitching is 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 awful. And uh, their hitting is 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 kind of uh, kind of subsiding to very mediocre levels. Uh, so they have a big name, uh, but they're not performing up to their name. I mean, last season, the Dodgers you could you could just bet them on the run line and you would win almost eighty percent of your bets. Uh, but that's not the case this season. They've lost some players. They had a bad off season actually, and their bullpen is reeling. Their bullpen is awful. So, um, yeah, I think the Dodgers are definitely an overrated team at this point in the season. Though, i, I got to ask you, if you bet the Dodgers in the run line last year, you didn't win 80% of their bets because they didn't win 80% of their games. Um. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm overstating. But but as of, as of all their wins, they did win 80%, almost 80% of their games on the run line as of their wins. Uh, gotcha. But, yeah, um, yes. That's what I meant to say. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's right, but, but I, just, I just want to be clear. Um, yeah. So the Dodgers, do, does L.A., because in my mind, L.A.'s like, a, they're, they're, they're likely to be a buyer at the trading deadline. Yeah. So yeah. they're a team that is more likely to get better than to get worse as the season progresses. Does that worry you at all, or is this just, look, right now this is a mediocre team being priced like a good one. Let's fade them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you said, the Dodgers are one of those teams that have money. You know, there's there's certain teams in the league who are not afraid to spend money. Uh, some of those, you know, like the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Dodgers. So these are teams that spend money uh, and compete. So they could get better, but frankly speaking, their bullpen their bullpen is ranked close to the last. I don't know how many acquisitions you could make to prop that up. Uh, their ace uh, Urias is not performing like he normally does. He, I think last year he had a whip of like 1.01. This year he's just kind of dropping off a cliff. Um, so I don't know how many acquisitions you can make to, to, to bring it up. Uh, so when I say overrated, though, we have to keep this in perspective because, you know, expectations for the Dodgers are to win a World Series. So anything less than that is a disappointment. I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're 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 going to finish last in their division. I'm just saying they're probably not going to they're probably not a World Series team in my eyes. So keep it in perspective. Like I said, though, I don't think uh, a couple of acquisitions are going to help this bullpen. I think they're going to be awful all year. So anyone else you want to talk about in terms of overvalued right now? A team we can bet against, or yeah. should we move on to undervalued teams? Sure. One more overrated that I see are the, is the Blue Jays. I mean, everyone knows they have a they have a power lineup, uh, but their pitching just isn't cutting it. And uh, their starting rotation, uh, they made some acquisitions, but they're not performing like they were uh, in their old teams. So uh, the Blue Jays are another team that I find to be a little bit overrated. Uh, I mean, they do have a power lineup. Their lineup's not producing so far this season, and. Uh, I mean, I just think they're overrated. Uh, everyone equates 
uh, Toronto with uh, greatness and lots of runs. Uh, their collective WOBA right now is only 316, which is uh, less than the Colorado Rockies. So uh, I think they're quite overrated. Uh, again, like you said, though, they're a team that will spend money at the deadline. Uh, they could, you know, add a bat here and there. But, uh, you know, Gaussman's not pro- not producing like he was with the Giants. And uh, Kikuchi is a mess. Uh, and uh, their bullpen has a collective FIP of 4.45, which is not going to get it done in the playoffs. So I think the Blue Jays are also an overrated team. Dodgers and Blue Jays. Priced too high in the markets. What about teams that are underpriced in the markets right now? Give me an undervalued team we can make money with betting again and again over the next few weeks in Major League Baseball. So my uh, my golden my golden undervalued team, which I'm making a lot of money on so far this season, is the Cubs. Um, the Cubs have really good bullpen. Uh, they have a really good lineup, and they're producing. And nobody likes the Cubs. Nobody likes betting on the Cubs because, you know, the the Cubs totals they always come out late because nobody because Wrigley Field's so unpredictable, the wind and everything. Uh, so people don't like to bet the Cubs. They think of the Cubs as a, as an over team with bad pitching. Uh, but I think the Cubs are really undervalued right now by the books. Uh, there's a couple other teams that I find underrated. Uh, by the books. Uh, I'll just go ahead and jump into those. I think the Orioles are underrated. Uh, The Orioles were one game away from missing the playoffs last year. They're actually a playoff-level team. Uh, Decent pitching, decent hitting. I mean, the Orioles are underrated. I don't know if they're going to win the World Series or make the playoffs, but right now, at most books, they're very underpriced. And the Rangers are another team I find to be underrated. The books are not pricing the Rangers like they should be. Uh, the Rangers are performing way over what they should be performing. I don't know how long they're going to sustain that level, uh, but everyone thinks of the Rangers as, as a team that just gets knocked around with bad pitching and decent hitting. But actually, their pitching's pretty good this season, and their hitting is coming on. So I think the Rangers, the Orioles, and I especially think the Cubs are undervalued by the books. Real quick, I want to ask about one team in particular. They made me money. Uh, so far yeah. this baseball season. There haven't been that many teams that have done that for me. So I like them a lot yeah. right now. That's the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, you yeah. know, uh, they were no, no one thought anything about Pittsburgh coming to the season, and then O'Neill Cruz got hurt, and no one thought anything about Pittsburgh anywhere, and all they've done is they just keep winning games and scoring runs, and the pitching's been good. Yeah. Are the Pirates a team that uh, has, uh, uh, would you put them as an undervalued commodity right now? Uh, and if so, how come you put them on that list? I believe so, and... Uh, here's the thing that not a lot of people think about in gambling. A lot of people think that the books are just making lines to get 50% on each side, but they're actually not. The, the, the books, when they make lines, and you know this as well, they're, 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 betting, they're putting lines against public perception. What I mean by that is you know, the public loves to bet the Yankees. The public loves to bet the Dodgers. So they have to overprice those teams and overcompensate. Uh, and the Pirates are a good example of a team that the public hates because they've been a doormat for so long. Uh, but you're right. You're exactly right. They're performing well. And up to now, the, Cubs, the, the Pirates have had terrible pitching. Their pitching's really good this season, actually. Their bullpen's performing quite well. Uh, their starters are performing a lot better than anyone expected. Uh, their hitting is pretty much middle of the pack, but that's 
that's enough to get it done if you have good pitching. So I don't think the Pirates are going to make noise in the playoffs. Uh, but as far as the books are concerned, you can make money on the Pirates because uh, they're such an they're such an ugly duckling as far as the public is concerned, and the books do tend to overcompensate when they put their numbers out for Pirates games. So I agree with you, Teddy. I, they would be my number four candidate for undervalued team. And one of my favorite things to look for in any sport is a team that's pretty good but not going to make the playoffs. The Orlando <laughs> Magic were that team for me in the NBA this year. Completely they had yeah. a bad start, completely off the radar for months at a time. And all right. they did is compete and cover point spreads. You know, right. Baltimore last year, non-playoff team, bad start. Yep. What'd they do? Made everybody money who backed the Orioles for months on end. Uh, right. last year. So uh, I, I don't mind if a team isn't good enough to make the playoffs, like the Cubs, like the Rangers, yeah. like the Orioles, like the Pirates. Good. Let them not go on long winning streaks. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, let them just win just enough to keep them yeah. out of the postseason, keep them out of the radar uh, of the betting markets, and keep the value there with teams right. like Chicago, Baltimore, and Texas. Brandon, this has been a really entertaining and informative hour. At least I think so. Um, I enjoyed this conversation a lot. Uh, promote yourself, my friend. Where can people find you? What do you have available for those who are looking? Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, featured at wagertalk.com. If you click the link that says experts, you'll find Tokyo Brandon there. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I have Asian baseball plays out almost every day. I have Major League Baseball plays out almost every day. A lot of free plays as well. Uh, my Twitter account is JP Baseball TV. No slashes or spaces, just JP Baseball TV. You'll find me there. Uh, so uh, I, I update my Twitter with some of my uh, my data and my statistics. I also put my promotions and stuff out there as well. Uh, sometimes I go to Japanese baseball games, like I'm going to uh, tonight. So uh, I'll put some photos of, up there. So, you know, my Twitter is a, is a, is a pretty fun follow. Uh, but as far as my plays and stuff, you'll see all of my analysis and all of my plays and my free plays at wagertalk.com. Just find Tokyo Brand in there. So JP Baseball TV, was JP Baseball taken? <laughs> no, it's actually the roots. I, I used to I used to do a YouTube channel of Japanese baseball and just put myself up there. So I I, I just called it that, and it's too late to change it. So exactly, hence the Teddy underscore covers on Twitter for myself, Brandon. Really enjoyed our time together today. Best of luck. Enjoy the weekend. Cover it returns after this brief commercial message. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program, if you want to go back and listen to yesterday's NBA-focused show with Ronald Kabang, we broke down all the NBA playoff series. If you want to go back and listen to last week's baseball shows or last week's basketball shows or last month or last year's, every show that I've ever done for the Sports Grid Radio Network is available for download as a podcast. Download the podcast version of this show 
wherever you download your podcast. Real simple. Just search Cover It or Cover It with Teddy Covers. Download and consume at your convenience. I encourage you get involved in the podcast side. That way you get that ding every time new episodes are available each week throughout the spring months. I'm going to give you guys a bettable opinion in MLB action for today. And I, I, a lot of the stuff Brandon said really made sense to me. You know, you can kind of tell when a guy knows baseball at a granular level, and it really feels like he does. But one of the teams he didn't talk about is bet on or bet against. The Milwaukee Brewers have been bet on from day one this season. I think they lost opening day. They've been bet on for day from day two uh, this season. And all they've done is continue to pitch well, get clutch hitting. I had concerns about the bullpen. Bullpen's been great so far for the Brewers. They're better than the Boston Red Sox. They're better than the Boston Red Sox by a pretty fair margin. Boston can hit. The lineup's decent. The pitching, not so much. And when we look at these two bullpens, this game's tied 3-3 to going in the seventh. Brewers will be $2 favorites for the last three innings. <laughs> That's the difference between these two bullpens right now. Red Sox aren't getting outs. Brewers are getting outs every single game. So I think Milwaukee worth a look against Boston early start MLB betting action for Sunday. If you bet it, best of luck with that wager. And best of luck with all your wagers. That's what we do. We wish you good luck. We give you strong information. We give you solid opinions. And then send you on your way. Good luck with your bets. We'll be back again next weekend on Cover It with Teddy Covers.